I wanted to um, make this audio recording to um, emphasize what you really need to be doing on the remaining papers. Um, if you look at your uh, recent emails, you'll see where I have changed a few due dates. Your second response paper, as you know by now, is not due until September the 26th, 10 p.m. But I want you to also note that I've changed your third response paper, which was originally due uh, early on, uh, to October 1st. Okay, so I've given you more time on your third response paper. I've also given you more time on your short analysis paper. And as you know, that's your five-page paper uh, that uh, requires at least two criticisms. That's not due now until October the 8th. So the reason why I wanted to do this particular audio podcast is to talk about what I have seen thus far in your papers. Now, at this point, I've graded all of your first response papers, okay? And I just wanted to summarize some of the problems that I saw in those papers. For the most part, some of you had a lot of grammatical errors, okay? Which is to be expected. And I told you that I would be lenient on the first papers in terms of uh, grading based on uh, grammar, grammar problems. Now, what were the grammar problems? I saw a lot of sentence fragments. I saw a lot of um, subject-verb disagreement as well as comma splices and fused and run-on sentences. So what I want you to do is review the information that I sent you in the first week of class about what the major grammatical errors are and uh, what you should avoid in terms of a final draft. Sentence fragments, comma splices, fused or run-on sentences, uh, those are something you should avoid in a final draft. Organizationally, though, I saw some problems. Uh, some of the papers I graded did not have a clear-cut thesis statement. Okay? Remember, in my original instructions, I told you to briefly summarize whatever the short story that you choose. Summarize it in the first paragraph. And also bring in some background information on the author that you've chosen. The last sentence should be a thesis statement that specifically focuses on the literary components in the work. And I told you early on, you need to look at your literary terms list as a foundation for the types of things you can talk about in a critical analysis paper, okay? So when you choose a short story, and preferably you need to choose uh, one of the, the short stories that I have listed on the syllabus, okay? Um, I noticed that a few of you decided to choose something outside of what I had on the syllabus, okay? The reason why I have those works listed on your syllabus is because I felt like 
those were the works that you would not only be able to enjoy, but also to easily analyze. So I encourage all of you to stick with what you see in the syllabus. Read the works that are listed on the syllabus, okay? So once you have chosen the work in the introductory paragraph, you should summarize the work, say a little bit about the author, and then create a thesis statement as the last sentence of the introduction. That's based on things like symbolism, imagery, okay, characterization. In other words, are the characters uh, realistic uh, or, you know, very, very um, real when you, you read them? Okay, uh, naturalism, uh, that's an element of symbolism. Naturalism is when nature reflects humanity. And I talked about an example of that in the story of an hour. You can talk about literary components like foreshadowing, irony, okay? So follow the literary terms list when you're deciding on what you want to discuss in these papers, okay? So you're taking either a new critical approach or a new historical approach. In the first round of papers, I noticed that all of you pretty much took the traditional approach of what we call new criticism. New criticism is when you focus on the short story elements. Uh, you're not concerned with the historical backdrop. You're not concerned with uh, how the author's own life is reflected in the fictional text. You're just focused on the literary components of the work itself. And so, as I said, when you write these papers, look at the components concerning figurative language, themes, okay, the development of the characters, symbolism, imagery, okay, those are the types of things you should be talking about in the upcoming papers, okay? So, overall, in the first round of papers, I saw a lot of grammatical errors, okay? Uh, in terms of organization, some of you did not have an adequate thesis statement, okay? Uh, in a few papers, I saw where most of you uh, summarized the work because you didn't have an adequate thesis statement. So keep in mind, if you don't have a clear-cut thesis statement, more than likely the rest of your paper is going to go nowhere, and you're going to wind up just summarizing the work. Okay, some of you um, in your papers just had a general overview of what happened in the work, but you didn't focus on the components that you liked or disliked about the work, okay? You didn't talk about, in some cases, the literary components that I asked you to talk about, okay? So keep this in mind as you're working on the upcoming second response paper, which is due September the 26th at 10 p.m., okay? Keep in mind 
the things that I'm talking about in this audio podcast. Okay, so in response to at least one student who asked me, well, what work are we supposed to write on? Um, Again, I made this very clear from day one. It is up to you on what you write on, but I would prefer that you choose one of the short stories that are listed in your syllabus, okay? I'm not going to repeat this again, okay? What you need to do is just choose from the selected readings in your syllabus when it comes down to writing these papers. I have not made any assignments about what you should write on. Okay, so I just wanted to make that very clear. Okay, so you're choosing a short story, one of the many short stories from the syllabus. Once you have chosen that short story, say like the story of an hour, which some of you did choose, you're supposed to focus on literary components in the work. Components related to symbolism, imagery, characterization. You can talk about a theme in the work, or you can talk about more than one theme. Okay? A theme is a central idea in the work. So those are the things you should be focused on if you're going to do your paper on a new critical approach. Remember... A new historical approach is when you talk about the history that surrounds the text. You can talk about connections between the fictional work and the author's own life. Okay, You could talk about how the work you've chosen is a reflection of the time period in which it is written. Okay. But most of you are going to probably choose to do a new critical approach, which means you focus on the short story that you have chosen. And preferably, it should be one of the selected readings that I have in the syllabus. Okay, so once you have chosen the short story, you should come up with a thesis statement, okay? A thesis statement that's based on two, maybe three components that you found in the work, okay? All right, and so what you'll do in the introduction is sum up the work, sum up the author's background. The last sentence should be a clear-cut thesis statement. So if you have two components that you want to discuss in the thesis statement, Okay, you're going to devote at least a paragraph to each of those components. Okay, so if you have two points in your thesis statement, you'll have at least two paragraphs in the body of the paper. And I told you that for each point in your thesis statement, when you have developed a paragraph for each of those points, within those paragraphs, you need to bring in at least one quoted example to support that particular point. All right, so in the first round 
of papers that I graded. I noticed some of you did not include quotes from the work you chose. You're supposed to bring in directly quoted examples from the short story that you're writing about to help support your thesis statement, okay? So in the first round of papers, I noticed some of you did not include direct quotes from the work. Some of you did not incorporate what we call parenthetical documentation. Okay, so even for the two-page papers, you need to incorporate direct quotes to exemplify what you're talking about, but you also need to parenthetically document those quotes because technically you can be charged with what we call plagiarism, meaning you're quoting from someone and you're not giving that person credit, okay? So in your future papers, make sure that even in the short two-page response papers, you bring in direct quotes from the short story that you've chosen and then parenthetically document those quotes, okay? So that was another problem that I noticed in the first round of papers. Some of you did not incorporate direct quotes from the work as examples to strengthen your argument, okay? So I'll go back over the original instructions. First paragraph is your introduction. What you're doing is introducing your reader to the work. What you're going to do is summarize the work in that paragraph. You're going to say a little bit about the author in that paragraph. But most importantly, you need to have a thesis statement that specifically discusses the two, maybe three points that you are going to develop in the body of the paper, okay? And in the body of the paper, you're going to, of course, devote a paragraph to each of your thesis points. And within those paragraphs, you're going to bring in your own point of view, your own opinion, along with at least one direct quote from the work that exemplifies that particular point. So if you have a thesis statement like the following, I enjoyed the story of an hour because of the foreshadowing, comma, the naturalism, comma, and the foreshadowing, okay? Then what I would do with a thesis statement like that is devote a paragraph to each of those points, okay? So, again, what you need to remember is that however many points there are in your thesis statement, that will mean that you'll have that many paragraphs in the body of the paper, okay? So, remember, your paragraphs should be at least five sentences or more in length. Some of you had a few paragraphs in your papers that did not meet that standard. Remember, I don't want short paragraphs, okay? 
So in a few occasions, on a few occasions, in a few papers, I noticed some of you uh, had a long introduction, but when it came down to discussing the points in your thesis statement, some of you did not have well-developed paragraphs in the body of the paper, okay? So that should never be the case, okay? You should have fully developed paragraphs to discuss each of the points in your thesis statement, okay? Conclusion. You're supposed to restate the thesis statement. And then for the rest of that concluding paragraph, you're supposed to mention whether you recommend or don't recommend the work. Talk about what you may have gained from reading and analyzing the work. And then I also told you to make connections between the work and maybe your own personal experiences. Or make connections between a certain theme in the work and what is still going on today in society, okay? So some of you in the first round of papers did not address those things, okay? Some of you did not have a restatement of your thesis statement in the very beginning of the conclusion. And some of you did not uh, talk in in depth about what you gained from doing the analysis. Some of you didn't make connections between yourself and the work or talk in general about the significance of the work to what's still going on in the world today. Okay, some of you neglected to do that. Okay, in some cases, a few papers had uh, very, very short concluding uh, paragraphs because you didn't address what I asked you to address, okay? So follow instructions in terms of organization, content, grammar. I just talked about the organization. You need to have a strong introduction with a clear-cut thesis statement based on the literary components in the work. Then you're supposed to develop each of those points in your thesis statement in the body of your paper, okay? And then the concluding paragraph should follow the instructions that I just laid out. Some other problems that I saw in the first round of papers uh, involved, uh, again, a lot of grammatical errors. Some of you ran out of things to say, so there was a lot of repetition. Uh, in a lot of cases, there were awkward uh, sentences, okay? Some, some of you had sentences that just didn't make sense. A lot of times, it was because a word was left out of a sentence, and the sentence just didn't make sense, okay? Some of you just had a hard time expressing exactly what you wanted to say, and I attribute that to maybe some of you not having written a paper in quite some time, okay? Again, there's a lot of reasons why I chose to be lenient on the first papers, okay? So when I'm grading, I'm going to be looking at the organization. I'm going to be looking at your content, which means 
what you're saying and how effectively you were saying it. Uh, do you know what you're talking about? Is your discussion well organized? Is it based on fact? Okay. Uh, in just a few papers, I saw where a few of you didn't fully understand what you were talking about. So content is what you have to say and how well you say it. Okay. Grammar. Avoid sentence fragments. Incomplete sentences or thoughts. Avoid comma splices. That's when you have a comma between two complete sentences. Or fused or run-on sentences, which is just the opposite. That's when you have two sentences running together with nothing between them. And how would you correct a comma splice? How would you correct a fused or run-on sentence? You would utilize either a semicolon, a conjunction, or a period. Please review the grammar information sheet that I sent in the very first week of this class. So avoid those major errors in a final draft. Okay? So yes, three major components is what I'll be grading. Organization, content, grammar. Okay? That's pretty much it in a nutshell. I just wanted to go back over the instructions that I laid out a long time ago because along the way it looked like some of you forgot those instructions some of you may not have you know listened to the early uh, audio podcast that I sent to everybody in the first week of class some of you may not have viewed the recorded zoom sessions to get a fuller understanding of what is required, okay? So that's the reason why I'm doing this particular audio podcast as you look to work on the remaining papers. Now, some of you did not attend the library session, so I would encourage you, if you haven't already, to review the recorded Zoom session with Chip Larkin, who did an excellent job of talking about, in general, the library research tools that are available when you start doing research for the larger paper. And I'll go back over the requirements for the short analysis paper. Okay. The short analysis paper has to be at least five pages in total. At least five complete pages. If you want to give me more than five pages, that's fine. But make sure you give me five complete pages, with the sixth page being your works cited page. Now, what's the difference between the two-page papers and the five-page paper? Not many differences. The five-page paper is a little bit longer. And, of course, the second major difference is that you need to bring in at least two criticisms for the larger paper. Okay? And what does that mean? You need to find at least two legitimate scholars 
from either journal articles or books, preferably book chapters, that help support at least one of your thesis points. Okay? So the organization is the same for the larger paper. You need to have a strong introduction and you need to have a clear-cut thesis statement. And for the longer paper, I would recommend you have uh, probably around three points that you discuss about your chosen story. And then after you have established what you want to say in your thesis statement, that is when you'll do a general search on the research databases available in your library. And Chip Larkin talked about how you can access those particular research databases, literary databases. And you can type in key words to help you find some of what you're looking for. Okay? So if you, for example, do a larger paper on the story of an hour by Kate Chopin, and you have a thesis statement like the following, I enjoyed the work because of the naturalism, the theme of oppression, and the foreshadowing, then what I'm going to do after I've established my thesis statement is check the literary databases for critics who have talked about one or more of those particular points. So I'm going to find someone who basically agrees with one or more of my points. In this case, you'll find two separate scholars who agree with one or more of your points. Okay? So what I'm going to do, if I'm going to write a paper on the thesis statement I just gave you, I'm going to search for critics or scholars who have said something about either foreshadowing, naturalism, or the theme of oppression. So all you're doing is just finding two critics who agree with one or more of your thesis statement points. And then in the body of the paper, you're going to include direct quotes from those two critics somewhere in the body of the paper. Okay? And of course, after any direct quotes, you need to utilize parenthetical documentation. As Chip Larkin pointed out, you need to access the Purdue OWL site that discusses MLA rules. Okay? So make sure that you access the information on MLA 8th edition in terms of how to set up the parenthetical references as well as your works cited page. And I told you early on, do not utilize quotes that are four lines or more because if you do, you'll have to set them off as what we call block quotations. And that takes up too much spacing 
in the paper itself. So do not utilize any long quotes. Don't let your critical quotes dominate the paper. This paper, as, as well as all the other papers, are based on mainly your opinion, your observations. So don't let your library sources dominate the paper, particularly the larger paper. Okay? So, again, you have more time to work on the remaining response papers. You also have more time to work on the bigger paper, okay? Your short analysis paper, which now isn't due until October 8th, okay? So take advantage of this extra time and do these remaining papers in the right way. If you have any questions, any concerns, always contact me. You can email me or call me, okay? Now, for the third response paper, I will email you an outline, a timeline, for when I'm willing to accept any rough drafts, okay? And as I've always told you, I'm willing to review partial or complete rough drafts, okay? So I will be sending out the timeline for when I will accept rough drafts for the third response paper and a timeline for when I will review rough drafts for the short analysis paper. And as I told you in the very beginning, drafts, early drafts are not required. But I would recommend that if you're having problems with any of the things that I just talked about, that you send me early drafts so that I can review it and make comments that will help you for the final drafts. Okay, I think that's enough said at this point. I just wanted to do this particular audio podcast to go back over the instructions. Instructions that were outlined for you numerous times in the very beginning of this course. So I just wanted to go back over some of the major requirements regarding your response papers and the short analysis paper. Okay? After you have listened to this audio podcast and you still have questions, make sure you email or call me. Okay? Have a good night.